This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The Jersey Sounds of Power Talk, the Monday edition with me on Knoxman, standing in for the Queen of Hearts, Lerato Mbele. Like I said earlier on, that we had a nice chat yesterday. She's recovering very well, so soon she'll be back on your radio to give you exhilarating talk program. 10 after 11. So today on The View of the Nation, um, the premier of Haute Mpanyazali Sufi will deliver a state of the province address this evening, 6 p.m. to be specific, at the Nazarek Expo. So a lot is expected from that. Um, and obviously being an election, being an election year, um, people are going to pay particular attention because during the State of the Nation address by President Cyril Ramaphosa um, last week or so, no, two weeks back, because last week it was the response after the political parties made their um, opinions on the speech itself. Um, some people said the president's speech was more like an electioneering, even though he did um highlight uh, the challenges that the governing party the ANC faced and he went back to 30 years of the ANC uh, um, governance of of the country and also highlighted the successes and people were saying it was more like an election it was more like an electionary speech more than a state of the nation address so i don't know if uh, after premier lesufis uh, uh, state of the province address today. Are we going to say it was an electionary speech or a SOPA, that is state of the province address? So, and what are the expectations? Because when you talk about the province, <clears throat> sometimes we forget that we are talking about the regions, the five regions, the city of Johannesburg, which is a metro, the city of Ekurlene, which is also a metro, and the city of Tswan, which is a metro, including the Western End and Citibank. So the the five regions, and uh, obviously including the, the other municipalities, but talking of the region. So it will be interesting whether he will, he will take the tone uh, from what the president has said by going back 30 years or so. All right, there's so much that is in the air in terms of some of the actions that he took, uh, employment for the young people, uh, his, uh, his attempts to fight crime and so on and so forth. So there's a lot to talk about. And as people who are in Gauteng, we invite you as well to give us a call on 0861987000 to say, what are your expectations? Your premier, uh, Panyazali Sufi, will be delivering a state of the province address at 6 p.m. tonight. What are your expectations? What do you want him uh, to pronounce on? What are the priorities? What are the issues that affect you on a daily basis? All right. And also to help us in our conversation in anticipation of what the Premier will be saying, Professor Sam Koma is uh, joining us. us. Um, he's a governance expert and lecturer at the University of Limpopo. Well, I'm going to ask you to take him on live there so that we can have him live. Um all right, so just a second. I'll be going to Professor Sam Koma. Uh, he's a governance expert and lecturer at the University of Limpopo. All right, you are still trying to sort out some technical glitches. Um, then we will connect with him 
and explore what's going to be happening as far as that is concerned. All right, then don't forget that um, immediately after the 12 o'clock news, um, it will be power lunch. Uh, Bobby Mulloy will be uh, coming in from 12 until 3 o'clock on the power lunch and then 3 to 6. It will be Tabiso Kotani uh, on the power drive. Okay, Professor Samkoma, good morning to you. Welcome to Power. Morning, morning, Moreo. Thank you for this opportunity. All right, it is uh, a pleasure to have you. Let's look at uh, what we anticipate from Premier Panyaza Lisufi's um, um, State of the Nation address. We understand that he is from the governing party nationally, from the African National Congress. We saw the president in this State of the Nation address taking us back to 30 years of democracy. Do we expect Premier Lisufi to also maybe focus on that, or do you expect a different approach from him? So that is inevitable. He uh, aligned his State of the Province address with that uh, that was delivered by uh, President Ramaphosa uh, through the State of the Nation address. They are all from the governing party. He's the son of the ANC in Gauteng. So uh, we expect him, of course, to um, the governing party has put out, out there to say in the 30th of our democratic order, the government under the ANC rule has traversed this record, this uh, achievement, but also troubles with challenges that still require attention of the government. of this administration under the ANC rule, broadly, of course, for that nationally people uh, in charge okay um <clears throat> uh, prof i think we're gonna just put you on hold for a while i think we are <clears throat> the line is started that clear uh, we'll try and reconnect okay let's take a break while we're trying to sort out these technical glitches okay all right 16 after 11 so we are still trying to sort out these uh, technical glitches in conversation with professor sam Koma, governing expert and also lecturer at the University of Limpopo, previewing the state of the province address that will be delivered by Premier Panyaza Sufi at 6. I was still telling you what's going to be coming. Some great radio coming your way at 12 to 3, Pabimuloy on Power Lunch and 3 to 6. It's going to be Power Drive with Tabi Sokotani, joined by Fifi Matsela. Then 6 to 8, it's going to be the Power Business with Nolutando um, Tontim Lambo, 6 to 8, and of course 8 to midnight, it's going to be Power Perspective brought to you by Denzel Taylor. All right, there's still some interesting uh, things that we are going to to explore uh, with uh, Professor Sam Koma from the University of Limpopo because it's a much-anticipated speech by Premier Panyaza Lisufi. Some of the uh, some of the declarations he made when he took over from a Premier Makura, David Makura. Remember, it was a transitional period. I recall his uh, first uh, his first media briefing after he was inaugurated and making some of the promises priorities. First one being the crime that is going to do everything that he can to uh, to push back against the crime in the in the province, and he also expressed disquiet about the young people that are hooked on drugs, particularly Nyaupe, making a commitment to say 
is going to create um, places of safety. Uh, it's going to create places of safety where these kids will be taken there and you know, rehabilitated, uh, trained, and be reintegrated into the community. But people are saying that, uh, Premier, you got to be careful because once you reintegrate them into the community, make sure that the drugs are not there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, we touch base with Professor Semkom. 9 a.m. to noon. This is Power Talk on Power 98.7. All right, 20 after 11. Let's bring back Professor Semkoma there. Prof, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, thank you very much. You are still explaining the importance of aligning his speech with uh, what the, the President of the Republic pronounced during Sona. Yes, yeah, so the Dinsalo fiction will be carried on even today uh, by Premier uh, Banyazali Sufi, highlighting the successes of the Gauteng Provincial Government under the ANC uh, rule, but also uh, linking that to uh, 1994, the journey that the governing party has traveled to date in terms of um, recording major achievements, but also highlighting some of the challenges that the government is still grappling with. So, but I think what we need to uh, look forward to is um, for him to reflect on the progress and update around the measure pronouncements he made last year during his maiden state of the province address. So we know that upon assuming his position as the premier, he declared corruption and vandalism as the enemy that must be defeated. He therefore also committed his government to connect suburb townships, business districts with high-tech face and car recognition CCTVs. He further committed his government to arm residents with what he called e-panic buttons that would be linked to law enforcement agencies. Plus, recruitment of about 6,000 young men and women to monitor and police housing 24-7. We refer to them of late as crime wardens. So it would be interesting uh, to see how he's going to uh, give us a high-level update around these interventions that he pronounced. He also spoke about putting the Township Economic Development Act into practical action, that is uh, channeling uh, investments, resources to township economies within the four regions that you highlighted in uh, your, your intro. But he also announced that the Houghton Provincial Government will be commencing with the construction of 800 megawatts solar plant in Mirafong to the of 1.2 billion rents. Uh, a part of um, this today, uh, I think he should provide uh, um, an update around the success of these interventions. Of course, the question we should ask ourselves is, what is the efficacy of these interventions mm. in reducing high crime levels in Gauteng? Yes, the crime wardens are on the ground in many areas in the province, but has this intervention deterred our brazen criminals. In other words, do we see tangible results in our daily lives around the implementation of this uh, intervention? 
Yeah. I remember when I had a conversation with him um, about two weeks back at the Dobsonville Stadium when we, when they were on this uh, Nasispani uh, project where they were allocating 32,000 confirmation letters to young people um, who are going to work as education assistances. I did ask him a question in terms of you know, investing in particularly the crime wardens, uh, colloquially known as Amapanyaza, saying investing in these um, uh, crime wardens and also rolling out these uh, CCTV cameras, you know, to monitor hotspots and so on, to say what will be the return on investment, you know? He said, look, uh, it's a bit difficult, uh, but the, ultimately it has to be a total reduction in crime. But I want us to talk about this Nasispani thing where, for instance, like I'm saying, 32,000 youth have been, you know, temporarily employed and Amapanyaza, others on solars and so on and so forth. Other political parties were pushing back, saying that uh, he's using government money as an electioneering campaign. So do you think that today he might use that opportunity to push back against what the opposition parties have been saying? Yes, I think we also need to put things in a proper context. So part of what this government has done in the issue of the creation of what we call public employment opportunities, because they fall under that category. So that is the government intervention in addressing these high levels of unemployment rate among the youth. So through public employment opportunities, which it's a, it's a program that falls within the ambit of the state, because the state is the one that has invested capital in this, and they've identified key areas that require intervention and also uh, unlocking the potential of young people into those areas. So the private sector is not part of this work, because, as I said, these are publicly-driven projects or initiatives that fall within the ambit of uh, government. So also interesting to see how he follow um, Professor, um, I'm just going to ask you, is it possible to move around because we keep on losing you? I'm not sure whether um, I think yeah, I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, let's yes. try that. Yes, yeah. so I was saying um, these are public employment of the now you know what um i think we're having a, a bit of a problem with the uh, with the with the line there um and i just hope profit is having it there so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and, and call him on on a different line yeah because um yeah the um the line is not holding on okay we're previewing what to expect this evening which i think is an important um state of the province address based on the commitments that were made by Premier Sufi when he took over as the Premier of Gauteng after winning the chairmanship of uh, the African National Congress and even also um, transitioning to that position. It was not an easy one because people are saying, oh, why are you rushing to become a Premier? Why don't you allow Premier Makura uh, to finish up his term? But um, even Premier Makura himself at the time indicated that no, it, you know, it was through agreement because uh, he has to move on. Uh, to serve the movement in different capacities. So, Panyaza uh, Lusufi must just uh, proceed in terms of uh, in terms of easing himself into the, the premiership position. All right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, try to sort out the line with Prof. Semkoma. 
9 a.m. to noon. This is Power Talk on Power 98.7. All right, as we continue to uh, to sort out uh, Prof's line, Lentless Vendermen on Twitter saying, Hi, Murio, I'll be happy if Ed Lesufi can include upgrades of Mabupane Highway. That is the R81? Yes, R81, Mabupane Highway. It's dark, lots of fatal accidents and spike gangs. Exactly, those spike gangs, they're uh, still there. It's catering lots of township, causing huge congestions in the morning and afternoon. Giant Stadium must be completed too. It's urgent, Giant Stadium in Sushangui. But yes, indeed, if you listen also to our traffic report, I mean, R81, that is the Mabupan Highway, it is it is quite a big, big problem. So, yeah, we'll have to find out if there are plans underway as far as that is concerned. You can also send through your suggestion in terms of what to expect from Premier Panyazal Sufi. All right, we'll be back with Professor Sam Koma, who is a governing expert and lecturer at the University of Limpopo. But for now, we cross over to Nyaka Lotefu with the 11.30 news headlines. Power Talk on Power 98.7. 27 minutes before the hour 12 o'clock. Yeah, we continue our conversation with uh, uh, Professor Sam Koma. Apologies, bit of, bit of a problem there with my voice. But uh, yeah, previewing the upcoming speech of uh, of uh, Premier Panyaza Lisufi. Okay, Prof? Yes, Mario. Yes, welcome back. All right. Yes. Yeah. The the other issue I want to focus on as to whether it might be included in the speech is um, the urban migration. I mean, we see lots and lots of people coming from different parts of, of the country into, into the Houghton province. And even beyond our borders, um, I think we've got close to more than 400 informal settlements or, or, or what do you call what? Yeah, the informal settlements, shanty towns. I mean, yeah. it, it's just, it is just um, concerning because this, these uh, informal settlements are becoming crime dense in terms of illegal connection of water, electricity and all sorts of uh, things. Whether he will address that, uh, issues of urban migration and the growing population of Houting and these human settlements that are, that are informal. Oh, yes. So, Morio, um, uh, we remember the issue of in-migration trends uh, has been with us for over decades, given the socio-economic nature of Houting province. So, naturally, it attracts, you're quite right, uh, people from all over uh, the place, not only in South Africa, but also within the SADC region and also uh, beyond. But also the issue of immigration is national competence. And it's good that uh, recently the Minister of Home Affairs has um, published the white paper on immigration, uh, citizenship and refugee protection as an attempt to overhaul our uh, immigration uh, system to ensure that people who are here are properly documented and also uh, there's justification for them to be here. And those who venture into businesses, uh, informal uh, sector businesses, that uh, there's also proper regulation around it. Uh, so we'll see how that process unfolds in terms of culminating into um, a clear uh, law that deals with this. But in the context of the Gauteng provincial government, we know that the human settlements portfolio is the one that is uh, 
mandated to formalize these informal settlements. Mm. And we know that a lot of money has been uh, earmarked for this kind of uh, exercise in terms of formalizing the informal settlements, but also in terms of our special um, integration policy, that all the metros, they get their special uh, planning uh, right. Uh, that is ensuring that people are sheltered or placed in the right uh, urban spaces uh, where they have access or proximity to these basic services and other commercial and economic uh, opportunities and services that are quite uh, crucial. Yeah. I'm just curious, <clears throat> Professor Koma, because um, we know that before the sauna and the SOPAS are delivered, it started with the ANC Lekhotla. From the NC Lokotla, they moved on to government Lokotla, okay? And from there, it means that marching orders have been, have been now given from the governing party, and now the bureaucrats and the, and the political heavyweights uh, um, are basically compiling what it's going to be delivered in the State of the Nation address and different SOPAs. But I'm just curious, dealing with these issues of urban migration, as to whether the governing party itself are putting a particular attention to rural development, to economic rural development, because there was a time, uh, particularly during the Zoom administration, where they were speaking so much about investing in rural development, you know, as part of ensuring that all the provinces thrive. Uh, we know that we can't stop my, 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 my creation, but if there are opportunities in different you know provinces it can be managed so i wonder if that itself is being considered at all and in subsequent sopas we're gonna hear something pertaining to that yes you're, you're quite uh, right Murillo, on that um that is why uh, provinces that are regarded as rurally uh, located limpopo province mpumalanga province eastern cape province increasingly we see their premiers, including their provincial governments, beginning to prioritize the issue of rural development, uh, unlocking uh, economic uh, opportunities and also industries. Uh, for example, Limpopo with mining, uh, we, we now see some kind of absorption of labor that is obtaining in the Limpopo province. You take also Mpumalanga with their coal-powered uh, plants, there's that also absorption of labor so that uh, um, in the long run we don't have much movement of individuals getting out of these provinces migrating to Gauteng with the purpose to search for employment opportunities. So you are quite right. It would be interesting to see uh, with the next uh, state of the province addresses, addresses from these respective premiers highlighting that as an apex priority. Well, in our conversations with him recently, um, and we're coming back to the issue of crime because it has a negative impact towards the economic growth. He said when he visited places like China, Singapore, Malaysia, and so on, you know, to try and attract the investment into the province, he said they would show him statistics of crime, including murders and, you know, all sorts of things. And that's why he said, I'm going to, you know, we got to reverse this thing because 
foreign investment is not going to come through. And by the way, it's not only foreign investors, even you know local investors. They want a safe environment, you know, to 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 do business. So, a prof. Koma, the issue of economics. Despite him talking about going to deal with the spaza shops that are owned by foreign nationals because he made a commitment to say he's going to reverse that and he's going to announce, you know, practical actions and stuff. But from a broader economic growth, based on what he said that he has to deal with crime, but what are other things we should look out for in terms of growing the economy of uh, Gauteng province? Oh, yeah. So uh, last year... Uh, he spoke about establishment of a state-owned developmental uh, bank because uh, they are saying it's housing. They have capital, which is true, uh, which they can use as seed capital to uh, assist uh, small businesses located in the townships and also big businesses, uh, given the, uh, the various economic sectors uh, that are located in housing, manufacturing, your trade, uh, agriculture, but also now you see special economic zone. If you take the issue of um, uh, Ford uh, having invested in the manufacturing of the new uh, brand of um, uh, Ford vehicles, so um, we'll, we'll see whether today he will also indicate if there's been progress around the setting up of this state-owned uh, developmental bank, which will augment the work that is done by our development finance institutions, which Houghton Province has quite a number of uh, such, and also nationally we know we also have other development uh, finance uh, institutions. So it will be uh, interesting to see if there's still that drive, there's still that focus around um, uh, mobilizing resources uh, dedicated to ensure that uh, at the end of the day uh, there are a greater number of employment opportunities but also business opportunities that are uh, unlocked as a result of this uh, creation of enabling uh, environment for business to enter, thrive, and also uh, operate. I'm in conversation with uh, Professor Sam Koma. He's a governance expert and lecturer at the University of Limpopo. I'm glad that you're mentioning the issue of a state bank because um, this morning my colleague on Power Breakfast, TT, he was speaking to a political analyst, a former colleague here, Kaya uh, Stolle, as to, as to whether the issue of, uh, of a state bank will really work because it's been spoken about so many times and so many times. And he mentioned that um, it's interesting because they have to deal with the laws first, the regulatory-related issues and so on. And uh, Prof. Sam, in our conversation with Panyaza, because I'm going to go back to referencing that, because I asked him to say, people are asking as to why are other premiers or even at national government, why are people not doing or action things? Because even the president in the 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 previous sona the the last two sona he was saying that there's too much bureaucracy in government that's why we even have to bring in mr siponkosi to deal with bureaucracy and the question to premier lisufu was that you pronounce you act aren't you in the same space where these people there's bureaucracy and he says no there's just we are bogged down with policy we put policy on top of policy on top of policy so it will be interesting 
to see whether this bank can function. But the question is, why is it that people make pronouncements in government and then they can they can implement? But here's one premier who make pronouncements and and he goes on and implement. Yes, uh, Moria, you are right. So that is why uh, there is talk of evidence-based policy making. You cannot make a pronouncement that has policy implication having not done, for example, feasibility study. Will this work in practical terms? So more often than not, you're right, most of government leaders or public leaders, they tend to be quick on making pronouncements that sound rhetoric, uh, but uh, the reality is that they've not done uh, thorough research around that, but also uh, ensuring that there is evidence to inform these policy announcements that they make uh, to the public as part of government uh, uh, work. So that's quite unfortunate, but I think it's a lesson as we celebrate this 30 years of our democratic order that going forward we'll see much uh, speed and sense of agency in unraveling and implementing these crucial policy priorities. Okay, I'm going to go to the phone lines. Um, I'm taking Lebo from Orlando East. Lebo, good morning to you. Welcome. Uh, good morning, Gatemriya. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Gatemriya, you know, I can understand what's the excitement with regards to the speech here, Panyaza. Panyaza has been talking all along. I mean, he spoke about um, Ishia Township economy. His counterpart, Gatemriya Lady, spoke on national t- on, on radio yesterday, on 702, on another station, sorry, that uh, he's, he's going to legalize the frame father shops. That and uh, is, is, is those businesses uh, belong to South Africans. He is violating his own act, immigration, section 15, subsection 1. That says that no foreigner must own businesses. So, what's king? Now, for me, their speech is babu, but they do the opposite. You know? Oh, so, I, so, so, the Huma First Minister was saying he's going to, to legalize foreign nationals the, to own. Father shops, yes. He was talking uh, to some, he was on radio. Yeah. And then okay. he said he was going to legalize them. One of the foreigners said he owned 200 father shops in Soweto alone. If you put that in monetary value, and then how much father, uh, 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 local businesses are suffering because of that foreign guy? And the yeah. section, you know, is, is violating his own sections. Lebo, uh, please listen to Panyaza. We are all despondent and so on. But listen, listen to him because I asked the very same question. I said, Premier Lissouf, you promised that you're going to deal with the ownership of spazas in townships. Okay? And then he says, wait for the SOP. Then, because that's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So, let's, let's listen up. And by the way, I don't want us to... I don't want us only to confine ourselves to spaza shops, guys. The economy, it's massive. The economy is big. There's issues of procurement, you know. Uh, are black businesses getting procurement from government? Are they getting business from government and so on? So we shouldn't really, uh, you know, focus only on uh, spaza shops as if we as black people can only run spaza shops. There are major issues. There are engineering companies that are black-owned. There are... Uh, construction companies that are black owned and so on and of course we know that uh, the biggest procurer it's uh, 
It's government. So those are some of the things that we'll be looking for. Okay, I'll get Prof to comment on that if there's anything. But let me firstly take Soli in uh, Leondale. Soli, good morning to you. Welcome. Hi, and your guest. Yes. Yeah, three things quickly. The first one, I want to ask your guest, if uh, the Premier uh, doesn't make the, uh, the, the, the state of the province speech at all, uh, are we going to feel it as the citizens of the province? And then if the answer is we are not going to feel it, then that should, be, should determine that it is not necessary. Then secondly, I want to express my disappointment with what we have said, Mario, that uh, he went to China, and then they said they can't invest because of there is crime. So for me, it means that if I complain as a citizen about crime, my complaint is not heeded to. Uh, the Chinese somebody must highlight that for him to be put in the action mode. And then lastly, uh, be it Ramaphosa, Panyaza, and any other person, as long as they talk about uh, these things that they talk about, but uh, I hit the pothole every day. I see the tall grass. I see leaking water. I see the electric cable that is hanging low and endangering the, 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 the children. That, that, that is the basics that the government must do. If they have not done that, and then they talk about this big project, uh, which worth so many millions. For me, it does not make sense. Let them do the basics first. Mm. Thank you. All right, thank you. But Soli, very briefly, remember the issue of crime. Um, it was not necessarily that he acts because of that. It was the example that he was giving when coming to issues of investment. But um, I do take your point. So let me go to Prof. Koma. Uh, if you want to respond to some of the issues, uh, Prof. Koma. Um, yeah, it was very interesting because even... Uh, uh, Professor Lisiba Lis- Lis- phone breakfast this morning saying that do we really need this uh, uh, state of the provinces address and the state of the nation address and the 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 mayor's address and stuff like that? I think it's segue into that, Prof. Prof. Koma, are they with us? Professor Sam Koma. Okay, we seem to have uh, maybe lost the line. We will try and uh, and reconnect with uh, Professor Semkoma. The the question that was posed by Soli in uh, in Leondale pertaining to will there be a difference if uh, the premier doesn't doesn't provide that? And I think what uh, Professor Lisiwa Tefu was was saying uh, basically to teach was that he has a he has a food for thought, you know. Yeah, because you are saying that that we spend a lot of money on this uh, on this particular events, and and you know we we spoke a lot about whether we need this, especially the the leads and glamours that goes with the state of the nation address and and the expenses and all those kind of things. Yeah, I think we just we like cutting and pasting, honestly speaking. You know, so these are the things that were done. So we must just follow those trends, whether the whether they are of relevance and importance to us, which is which is quite unfortunate. Let me go to Lekhonolo in the meantime in Pretoria. Uh, he wants to talk about um, uh, black business. Lekhonolo, good morning, welcome. But I'm really, how's it? Lekhonolo, man. 
Goodman, my my wish for for uh, Premier Lutwif is as much as he's energetic in building and you know addressing the issue of the party imbalances. I, I get worried, Dory. We always sort of, you know, buckle black business into certain bracket of small business and certain, you know, small assets, so to say. Mm. For example, if 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 Wanago, if he was to say, guys, I want to build a refinery, we're not going to believe them. Ourselves as black people, mm. the problem mm. starts there. That we aim so low to a point, Dory. We don't believe in our own ability. Two. You know, uh, I'm, I'm in a space of mining. Um, I'm, I was in an enterprise development with a white-owned company that is now on its third generation. It's on its third generation in terms of ownership. These guys have inherited that business from about eight years. However, their growth quadrupled in this past 30 years of this democracy. And I keep asking myself, if these guys can make so much money, and yet, if you look at the statistics, it will, statistics will tell you that black business has, 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 has been ownership of the economy is now below 30 percent mm. from, you know, 2022. Then it tells me, Ori, there is something that as policymakers we are doing wrong in so far as implementing the transformative, uh, uh, I mean, transformation trajectory. Mm. Therefore, as society and as as as, as black business people. We also need to influence policy making so much that our politicians can understand that they cannot be planted into this white owned companies in terms of shareholding by building our own, starting with believing in our own people's dreams. It it it, it truly pains me to see a nineteen ninety a boy born in nineteen ninety six now managing a billion rent asset that I as a fifty year old banks consider me as in I mean incapable of managing such an asset. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just a mixture of psychological, uh, you know, challenges that we need to change as, as, as black leadership. Thank you. And Litalo, that's a very profound point because it's quite obvious that, um, remember, even when they said, because somebody argued that even BEE, it was somehow an important policy because they wanted to capture the uh, the, the, the people in, in political leadership positions. And we all know that uh, the majority of them were given free shares. They became instant millionaire or what you call microwave millionaires because they didn't sweat for those assets. They just used exactly. their political agents you know to that's, acquire that's that. How, that's that, that, that's why sometimes when we call in this, into this radio station and they listen and they do not understand what we're talking about because they have not walked the journey for example I'll, I'll pick on the minister of small business enterprise she has never run a business before do you expect her to understand what goes into building business yeah, that's uh, those are, the, are very important questions that um, yeah that has to be done. So it's all about the political will. But yeah, for instance, issues of state bank. How many times have, uh, has it been spoken about? So and sometimes people are even becoming pessimistic because you say you build a state bank. So you know, are we are we going to be sure that it's going to be run effectively and efficiently? I mean, if as a government of the day. You can't even protect a a bank like VBS, for instance, and especially after the Prudential Authority of the of the central bank picked up that um, picked up some red, some red flags and knowing very well that this is a mutual bank, 
where ordinary people, ordinary black South Africans have invested in that particular bank, why not come up with extraordinary measures? One thing that I don't really appreciate about a government is that we they don't take extraordinary measures to intervene. I mean, um, the only extraordinary measures that I can think of, for instance, uh, it's during when we're bidding for the World Cup, you know, towards the 2010 FIFA World Cup. Extraordinary measures were taken, putting, passing special measure, special measures bill, special measures laws in parliament, you know, because of the demand of FIFA. So they took extraordinary measures. During COVID-19, okay, some extraordinary measures were really taken, even though we criticized the president to say people like Bantu Olomisa, even us in the media, want you to say, President, before you even dispatch this 500 billion rent, make sure that systems have been put in place because you know people are going to steal this particular money. And we know what, what, what really happened with COVID money. It was stolen. So there are a lot of wrong things that are happening, you know, but we don't see extraordinary measures that are taken. We talk about martial law, for instance. Okay. If, if I have to be inconvenienced in one way or the other for my own safety and the safety of my family, I won't mind martial law. We spoke about that. What are the extraordinary measures that must be taken to protect the infrastructure of this country? I don't see extraordinary measures. Just some time and arbitrary decision to say we are deploying soldiers. And after when? After the entire rail network has been decimated. After power stations have been sabotaged. And we are talking about national key points. We don't see extraordinary measures. And that's a problem. How do you govern, how, how do you govern like that? So that's why sometimes, uh, you know, for instance, callers like Soli getting frustrated that get the basics right, fix potholes. And the issue of substations, by the way, I don't know how many times you've spoken about it here on power to say, why don't even you declare these substations, these the, this, uh, uh, power stations, national key points? Because the securities that are deployed there by municipalities and ESCOM and whatever, they are being attacked by people that are heavily armed. Heavily armed people. They can't even, they can't even you know, they can't even um, challenge them in terms of the weaponry that they have. They've got arms of war. And they attack the securities at the substations. And we don't take extraordinary measures. Look at the cash and transit heists. Look at these heists that are happening on a weekly basis. Cars being, being, being blown up. Where are the extraordinary measures? I'm glad that at least Houghton Premier, he, Epanyaza, spoke about that to say we can't allow a situation where a, a cash van is robbed and these guys, they take 13 to 30 minutes with no response. So he spoke about the investment they made in terms of drones, in terms of CCTV cameras and all those kind of things. That we, that's what we need. Extraordinary measures. Okay, guys, that's how we come to an end of uh, today's show on Power Talk. Apologies for all the technical glitches that we experienced, including Prof there, uh, that we couldn't conclude the conversation with. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, stay tuned for 
A great radio is still coming your way, Pabi Muloi, on Power Lunch from uh, after the 12 o'clock news until 3 o'clock. Yeah, Naki Sanyani Wabudukhoshi have been doing it for the Queen of Hearts, Laraton Bele. She'll be back with you soon. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.